0: Welcome to the Getting to Clarity Podcast, the place where busy women leaders discover how to create more success in their leadership journey with less sacrifice in their life. Here's your host, Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. Hey, hello and welcome. I am Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity, and this is another episode of the Getting to Clarity Podcast for busy women leaders to create more success in their leadership and life with less sacrifice to themselves in the process. And I'm very excited today. I have a, a friend and colleague, Erin uh, Linehan from Raymond James. Erin and I have been connected through her work uh, in women's empowerment related to just about everything that she does, among other Uh, things that she supports, and I'm excited to have her as a guest on the show today. So let me tell you a little bit about Erin before we get started. Erin is at Raymond James. Again, she is um, responsible for four areas within the enterprise, so a lot on her plate. Uh, Dispute resolution, senior and at-risk clients, marketing and strategy compliance, and corporate functions compliance. She is a frequent speaker at industry events, uh, domestically and abroad, and she shares lessons on best practices for financial advisors, supervisors, attorneys, and compliance professionals. Erin joined Raymond James in 2004. She was in the litigation practice group, handling customer complaint arbitrations and internal investigations. Even... More interesting, well, that's very interesting, but more interesting, at least to me and the work that I do as well, um, she sits on the mentorship work stream um, related to Raymond James' Pledge on Racial and Social Equity. She co-leads an organization of over 100 women lawyers in the Southeast U.S. who practice in the financial services industry, uh, the Southeast women in financial services. And that organization is focused on networking, professional development, and advancement of women in financial services. So she is also the board chair for the board of directors for the PACE Center for Girls, also something that is very near and dear to my heart. And uh, I'm sure Erin will share some more about that uh, later. And uh, that's for the Hillsborough uh, County in Florida, and she also chairs the Diversity and Inclusion Committee for the Florida Securities Dealers Association, where she's previously served on the Board of Governors. So this is one busy gal and uh, it just has a lot in her heart, a lot to give, and I'm excited for her to share uh, her wisdom, her lessons with all of us today. So Erin, welcome and thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Debbie. I'm a uh... Thrilled to be here, uh, as you and I have talked over the last year and a half, or maybe longer at this point, uh, I have a real passion for women empowerment and women development, um, right down to you know, my work with Pace Center for Girls, uh, to, to start really at, at the core when, when, when girls are younger at the junior high level, through college, my work with diversity with FSDA is trying to reach down into college students to bring more diverse individuals into financial services, to then... When I was a practicing lawyer with Raymond James, as opposed to what my compliance function is now, seeing a gap for women in financial services, not really having um, connection and, and, at the time, you know, uh, role models and people to look up to, and that's how Swifts came about. And then the, how you and I met was I'm actually the national co-chair for Women Inclusion Network for Raymond James, which just kind of, you know, flows my 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 bottom up <laughs> or top down, uh, you know, you want impairing women. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I love the work you do.
0: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And isn't it interesting that, you know, almost as if everything that you've been preparing for uh, in your adult life and maybe even before, and we'll get to that in a moment, Uh, is just so relevant and so pertinent to everything that's going on today, and how much it is that you have to add beyond just traditional, you know, skills and um, other assets that we all bring to the workplace. So what I'd like to start is, um, can you give me a little bit about your background and what it was that got you to where you are today? What are the relevant, you know, the high points that kind of led Aaron to be Aaron in this current environment?
1: So, you know, I'm a lawyer by training. um, And so I went to I'm from New York. I went to Cornell for uh, college. Then went to law school in Tulane because I was tired of being cold, and uh, <laughs> Again, <as> a bonus, <laughs> and a bonus I went to law school on Bourbon Street, as my brother always says, um, which was not which is not what I did. But then I wanted to continue to not be cold and found myself at some law a law firm in Florida, and I practiced uh, commercial litigation for a couple of years at two different firms in Florida, and sort of stumbled upon this opportunity at Raymond James to do um, securities arbitrations, and I joined them in two thousand and four. I did that for 12 years for Raymond James and, uh, and and I enjoyed it. I felt like I was a litigator at my core. It was who I was. It's to a large degree defined me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was given the opportunity to step away from it, uh, to be moving to management, it was, I remember there was just such a weird conversation when I was like, but can I keep a couple of cases? Like, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. you know, I kind of looked at me, I was like, I thought you wanted some get into management travel less uh and you know took a couple days and thought about it and came back and said no nope, i'm good ready to move on and and haven't have not thought about it for a second since um oh, and that's
0: a big and that transition
1: yes it was yeah. a huge transition um so so from there i worked into dispute resolution um, with a team that focuses on that. So client complaints. And then I have a team that does senior and at-risk clients. So that's where we protect our clients from exploitation, uh, which mm-hmm. is so prevalent right now, mm-hmm. even before COVID, but even more so as our seniors are isolated and vulnerable and are getting you know, preyed on online and in different ways. So we have a team that helps them uh, protect their money and their assets and educates. And then I have a team that does our marketing and corporate functions compliance, which is part of you know, the corporate compliance structure. Uh, so I have a little bit of an Island of Misfit Toys that has been built around <laughs> like my, my skill set and interests, which I, I love what I do. I'm very fortunate to be able to do it.
0: So got Island to... of Misfit Toys, give me what's your favorite <laughs> toy on the Island of Misfit Toys. I love that movie. <laughs> I cry every time <laughs> I watch it. He's an adult. But,
1: you know, it's interesting when, you know, I always say that, you know, Raymond James knows I'm like the least flight risk that they have. And that's to my disadvantage because what I do, there's not a job at a different broker dealer. That's, you know, the individual that runs complaints, senior net risk clients and marketing and corporate functions. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> it was something that got built around me being willing and open to take on more work, uh, folks on my team wanting to do that work that were, that were superstars themselves. So they just kept kind of moving around and, um, And so, if I went someplace else, I'd probably maybe do complaints, or I might do, but it wouldn't be this collection. Yeah, which gives
0: you a lot of variety. I'm sorry. Gives you a lot of variety.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Very big
1: variety, and and largely. You know, there's some, there's some overlay between complaints and senior house clients and that they're dealing with clients and and situations that they're in, but there's nothing between that and what the marketing and corporate functions team does. So also has helped me like learn a whole new aspect of compliance in the firm, which has been great.
0: Very interesting. So with so many things going on, you know, broad background, uh, just a lot of flexibility where you're at you know, the, the listeners here are about creating more success without sacrificing themselves in the process. And so I'd love to hear from you. What, what does success mean to you personally and professionally? What is Aaron's definition of it? So,
1: well, I'm I'm, th- I'm going to steal a quote from Maya Angelou. So maybe it's her definition of it. But um, I always think of this when I when I was like first started focusing on professional development with a coach. This is a bunch of years ago, and you know Maya Angelou defined success as liking who you are, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Mm-hmm. And I always think of think about that in. It's not just about how much money you make. It's not just about if you at the biggest firm or have the biggest organization, but am I proud of who I am? Do I find what I do exciting and interesting? And also do I do it in a way that that is true to who I am with integrity and is value-based for myself. And if those things align, then I'm six, that's my definition of success. It's not, um, son who has the fanciest car for me or, that it's whether or not I can be proud of of what I'm doing, and that goes, you know, not just to, you know, people say the nine to five, but no one works nine to five. That's not just that's not just for my eight to seven job. <laughs> that's also <laughs> in in the out in the outside of that. Like, what a success is for me? It's you know, liking who I am as a mom and liking what I do as a mom and liking how I mom. You know, or uh, being more involved in the community to make a difference for women and uh, for you know diverse individuals and and in in areas of poverty and things like that that's something i try and focus on as well i found that i always felt passionately about those things but i wasn't doing anything about it and that to that end i didn't like who i was mm-hmm. in that i had a big talk and no walk And, you know, I don't remember even when it started, probably started when I founded Swift's, when I said, this is a gap, I've identified it as a gap, I can't stop complaining about it, that women don't have a support system and a networking and professional development within financial services for for kind of this unique niche of being lawyers in that space. And so I was like, I'm going to do something about it. And I think from there, when I founded that group with, um, with a woman named Andrea Green, that kind of started to empower me to do more. And, and and to and how much I enjoyed that to reach out to where I thought I could also like add value, make a difference and pursue my passions.
0: Yeah. Two things that I'm hearing um, in what you said is, you know, one, your definition of success, very intrinsic. It, it is tied to um, how you feel. It's tied to, um, you know, your motivations and, uh, you know, even though you could have a great job earning lots of money and it still could suck the life out of you. And so really paying attention to how you, you marry yourself to um, a, a role or a direction and it's tied intrinsically to who you are, which I think is just beautiful. The second thing that I heard is that uh, it, walking the talk, taking that action, you know, and, and I really feel that that's important because uh, passion, the passion that we have as a person The things that bring us joy and happiness and that we're led to, we think it's exclusive of who we are in our role, um, that it's something that we have to carve out time for when we have a chance a lot of times. But the thing is that pursuing those actively as you are, not just identifying it, but going in that direction, evolves you as a person. It allows you to up level and you absolutely bring that into everything else in your life. You as a mom, you at work, you know, you in your community, everywhere.
1: I, I totally agree, and you know, I think that I'm so fortunate to work work where I do, and, and not to you know turn this into a Raymond James commercial, but that it affords me the opportunity and supports it to pursue these fa- fa- mm-hmm. passions because they also know, and my managers know that that makes me better at the office. I, mm-hmm. I bring everything I'm getting out of that, and you know, we encourage that. Within our women's conference last year, Debbie, that you spoke at, we had a panel on the importance of being involved in philanthropic endeavors, getting on a board, because all the skills you learn there, the creativity, the networking, the relationship developing, all comes back in your eight to six job and and shows up in different ways. So it all leads to um, more success within your professional environment and your personal environment. Um, my son first? this summer, I'm sorry?
0: You're one person, you right. know, you've got a professional right. life, you've got a personal life, but you're one person, so right. it can't help but but affect the others. So let me ask you a question. What is it that, you know, because I know that you are a single parent and, yeah. um, you know, obviously you have a lot going on in your plate with all of that going on. What is it that you protect at all costs or are not willing to, um, sacrifice to achieve success? What
1: I protect at all costs and when I'm not willing to sacrifice is taking, taking care of and investing time in my son and my mom Mm. and continuing to strengthen the bonds we have with each other and opening our worlds to new places, experience, and adventures. We are, we're travelers and um, we're fearsome threesome. um, And so I have, You know, the the nine-year-old boy running out in front and and the grandma who is doing her best to hike the Smoky Mountains at at her pace. And we all kind of come together in the end and take the picture of the waterfall. And that is so integral to who I am, um, is I, I love being a mom. I love my kid is just the best, most most positive, joyful human that I know and um, you know, you never know how much time you have left with anybody. And so when I lost my dad a couple of years ago, I realized investing in the three of our relationships was more important than whatever, whatever adventure or whatever trip we might go on that she couldn't go on with us. So, so we, I take care of my mom. I always, one of my proudest moments in 2020, or so 2020, 21, I, I, got, I got my mom to immunity with, without her having gotten COVID. And that was so important to me. I'm such, I'm part of the sandwich generation yes. and you know she stayed here in Florida, we shut down together and we made sure that we were able to get her through immunity without COVID. Cause that was my, you know that was my number one priority that year was, was her you know, my mom and JP and keeping everyone healthy at all costs,
0: so. Oh, that is, that is wonderful. And um am very happy that your mom got to that place. My mom did as well. And it's funny when you know everything shut down last year. Uh, my mom was actually with me in Florida, so you know she lives uh, in Pennsylvania. But she was with me in Florida. And, you know, really, as everybody went home and worked from home and was trying to figure out the new normal and all those other phrases that we're so tired of hearing of. Right. Um, but it was the best place for her to be. And I was so glad that I could be there with her and and you know, assure her and get her acclimated to this and you know, make sure she was safe and protected. And then when it was appropriate, send her back to right. you know, her place because she wanted to be in her place. Yep. And uh, you know, that's that. That's a, that's a lot. So, you know, kudos, kudos to you and protecting your, you know, your tribe. And I'd be interested to know, because you've just had such an interesting journey to kind of, you know, finding your own clarity and still discovering more. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've um, learned along the way? Are there a few that just really stand out for you that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Sure. Um, I think one is, you know, never being afraid to reinvent yourself. And I think when I think about that, that is part of that is when I, you know, left litigation behind. Well, first is when I left a law firm and went to this new place to start a whole new practice. Then I left litigation to become a compliance professional, which was totally different. I was becoming a manager, not a, um, I was becoming a coach, not a player. And, and what that was gonna look like and the fear that was involved in that. And that I've had challenges. I've had stumbling blocks, I've stubbed my toe. And not feeling um, and reinventing myself as a result of that. Okay, this this errand didn't didn't do so well. Like, is there something else in here? Um, everyone loves a comeback. I, I'm a big believer in even folks when I work with, they, they've pissed some people off or they've gone south. I was like, we're, we're going to get you back. No one's going to even ever remember that because I feel like I, I did that as well. Um, seek feedback and act on it. It's critical. Feedback is everything. It's everything. And not um, always
0: easy to hear either. You know, people tend to, to take feedback personally, but it is a gift. I mean, it is literal gold when it comes to you advancing to the next level. And, yeah.
1: And and seek it from many different people.
0: Um, it was funny. I was
1: prepping for a different panel yesterday on mentorship. And I remember um, it was my boss's boss and she'd given me some feedback on something I needed to work on. And I said to her, you know, who who does this really well that, you know, Mm, and she she identified someone on her leadership team and I said, well, that is, that is who I will go to for a mentor. And, and again, she and me and that woman clicked. So obviously that has to be authentic to that, but it was like, okay, this is my space that I need, really need targeted help on, or maybe it's a strength that, a strength that you're trying to focus on, find that right person. and, And that's I did not ever have a mentor to the last four or five years, again, because I felt like I was looking up and not seeing anyone whose life I admired and wanted to be. And that's changed the landscape as very different now than it was five or six years ago, but always have a mentor and always have a mentee because mm-hmm. you learn so much from that experience as well. Uh, don't be afraid to ask what you, for what you want. I have found that when I have and there's a basis for it and I've done my homework and prep for that conversation, I typically get it. Um,
0: that's, I love that, that, you know, one, ask. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. But two, right. very important thing that I heard in that was you prepped for the conversation. Yes. Yes. You yeah. know, know, know what you need to know going in. Know as much as you can going in. And, uh, you know, even asking for a, a mentor. And, and people right. have very narrow views about what a mentor is, that they think it has to be a one-on-one, very exclusive relationship that's time consuming. And it doesn't, I mean, it could be you popping into that person and saying, Hey, do you have some tips that help me go in this direction? And and that's it. You can have a lunch (laughs) and it's a mentoring experience. Right.
1: Right. So I, you know, I have someone who I meet with monthly, but I also have, you know, many people who I rely on, like, you know, who'd give good advice about this. And they, they literally could be close friends who, but there's that moment where we're seeking, seeking advice on that. I actually have a really good friend who I see socially regularly. And she said, would you mind if I put time on your calendar for 30 minutes to talk to, for, for mentoring that we're not sitting there, you know, chatting, having cocktails, whatever, but that we take on a different role because I think, you know, you have something that might help me. Absolutely. You know, that's so, and that was a friendship that just turned into that, but it's still 100% more a friendship, but there's just different ways that can evolve and that can look someone that has someone that conducts themselves in a way you admire, um, Mm -hmm. I think is really helpful. I think also, and I had this conversation with a woman, um, recently who just had a baby and she was talking about whether she wanted to keep up with a bunch of the different things she was doing. And, and I said, it is okay to lean out. There's no judgment. Sometimes you're all in, sometimes you're kind of sitting up straight and sometimes it's okay to lean <laughs> out. And that doesn't mean that, that your career trajectory is going to stop or that you've taken off of it. People used to talk about the mommy track. I don't believe there's a mommy track. I think that there is, someone may say, I want to, I want to focus on my kid and I'm not, and I'm, I'm leaning out permanently. I don't think anyone really does that. There are just moments. Your career is a, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So there are moments when it's important to focus on something else, but that doesn't change your long game. It doesn't have to change your long game. Um, exactly.
0: You know, and leaning out, it, it it's just, you know, you do you for what yeah. you need in the moment. And, you know, the, I think one of the things that at least I find with my clients is that as we really delve into all of the areas of life, you know, because, It may be professional coaching, you know, for for a woman to get to her next level or, you know, for someone to really lean into their leadership and, and take it to that position that they want to get to. But what we tend to forget is that there are other areas besides just our work. And you have to know and understand and figure out where they are in the priority of things. Because if you try to prioritize everything, then that's just a recipe for stress. I mean, that is Absolutely. keeping too many balls in the air and it is just setting yourself up for failure, although there's no failure, there's only feedback, but setting yourself up for disappointment at least. So I right. love that advice yeah. about hey, if you need to lean out, if you need to downshift whatever it is that you call call it, then you're doing it for a reason, as long as you're making an educated decision about yes. why it is that you're doing it and, and right. you know that is the sacrifice part. You know, sacrifice, there is sacrifice in what we do as busy women, but when we make a decision for ourselves, for a reason that we understand, we know what we're doing and why it is less of a sacrifice. So yes, you absolutely nailed that point. And, yeah. and so Aaron, with the time we have left, I know that there are um, things that you are extremely passionate about, and I'd love to give you, um, an opportunity to share just a, a, a couple of things about those. And then I will make sure that I put the websites in the show notes. What is it that you wanted to bring to the listener's attention that's on your passion list?
1: Oh, on my passion list.
0: Um,
1: I, I assume you, I, I assume you pay hey center for girls Hillsborough is something we had talked about. Um, not sure when this podcast will be aired, but we are having a luncheon on October 13th. Uh, called The Journey to Success. And, you know, Pay Center for Girls is a place where middle school and high school girls um, who, you know, I, would I think people would classify as at-risk girls, but we like to call them at promise when they come to Pace. Mm-hmm. We turn at-risk girls into at-promise girls. They are struggling in their school. They might not be welcome in their school anymore. And they come to Pace for a holistic support system. There is emotional support. There is academic support. They, they you know, they're going to school. The family gets support. You know, um, many of these girls are in foster care or moving around. We make sure that there's food in that home. Um, if we find out that a place where one of our girls are living is had their power shut off, we're gonna go ahead and get that power back on. And that's really happened via donations and things of that nature. Pay Center for Girls is funded by the DJJ, Department of Juvenile Justice, as well as the school districts that fund the money for the student that's um, going to school at Pay Center for that period of time. But there's so much more that they provide that requires donations and fundraising. And when I think about these girls, um, you talk about like, you know, your authentic self and who you are in your soul and who in your mind. And I was so fortunate to be born into an amazing supportive family. I didn't have to think about having a job. In fact, I wasn't allowed to have a job. I wasn't worried about where I was sleeping that night. I wasn't worrying about what I was eating that night. And as a result, I got to take my blessings and let them blossom. You know, that, you and that forward. was, I had no worries uh, about that. Write down, you know, when I think about, friends of mine that were like running around trying to get financial aid. You know, my parents, they were teachers and and a financial planner, but they were like, we never want you to worry about that. We will sacrifice. But that was, that was what happened in our house. But this wasn't what these girls were born into. That wasn't their situation. And their situation is nothing that they, that they chose or controlled or contributed to. It is often just a situation they were born into, but don't they still have the same heart, mind, and soul? Yes. And, and had they been born into a different family, would their experience have been entirely different or different circumstances? So what Pace tries to do and, and is then turn, give them the circumstances that maybe they weren't given by birth or by where they're they're. And not that these aren't wonderful, caring parents and they are, but their situations are just different. And so we try and get them for, to, for them to reach their possibilities and for them to reach their success with those things. So I love Pace Center for Girls, and we are always looking for more support. Um, PaceCenter.org, and you go to Hillsborough, and we have the luncheon on October 13th, and there's still tickets available and donations. So that is something I'm very passionate about, and thank you for letting me speak about it.
0: Absolutely. So uh, Pace Center for Girls is a national organization. If you are outside the Hillsborough County area, uh, the Tampa area, perhaps uh, look it up in uh, wherever you are. There may be a um, organization close that you can do things like donate clothing. You can participate in um, membership drives or not membership Absolutely. drives, but donations and and things like that. So um, and pacecenter.org.
1: And I would say their, their their success rate is huge. When if a girl finishes the program and goes back, um, 98% are in college or have a job within five years. Um, and it's the recidivist, they, va- the recidivist rate back into the DJJ is something like three to 5%, you know, like 30% of the girls come with some experience with the DJJ and only 5% return. And that is real data and real statistics about the change that these girls are making in their lives.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Erin, I can't thank you enough for being with me and the audience today and sharing, you know, who it is that you are and what it is that, the lessons that you've learned along the way, as well as where your heart goes, it is so valuable and so needed. I appreciate you. And uh, for the listening audience, I hope you enjoyed your time with Erin. You can uh, check out her links in the show notes. And until the next time, here is wishing you all the clarity that you deserve. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting to Clarity Podcast with Debbie Peterson. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. To learn more about how you can create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life, visit gettingtoclaritypodcast.com.